it's a strange morning, so sorry about our late start. But uh, <sighs> hey, I wanted to read something this morning and welcome you all. And um, out of Spurgeon's morning and evening devotion. I just read that. I was up real early this morning, just spending time with the Lord, and and this was was the devotion today. And it just I just felt like it was really good. As a Christian, you have to live in the midst of an ungodly world, and it is of little use for you to cry, "Woe is me!" Jesus did not pray, "Oh, that you should be taken out of the world," and what He did not pray for you, you need not desire. Better far in the Lord's strength to meet the difficulty and glorify Him in it. The enemy is ever on the watch to detect inconsistency in your conduct. Be therefore very holy. Remember that the eyes of all are upon you, and that more is expected from you than from other men. Strive to give no occasion for blame. Let your goodness be the only fault that they can discover in you. Like Daniel, compel them to say of you, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Seek to be useful as well as consistent. Perhaps you think, if I were in a more favorable position, I might serve the Lord's cause, but I cannot do any good where I am. But the worse the people are among whom you live, the more need have they of your exertions. If they be crooked, the more necessity that you should set them straight. And if they be perverse, the more need have you to turn their proud hearts to the truth. Where should the physician be, but where there are many sick? Where is honor to be won by the soldier, but in the hottest fire of the battle? And when weary of the strife and sin that meets you on every hand, consider that all the saints have endured the same trial. They were not carried on beds of down to heaven, and you must not expect to travel more easily than they. They had to hazard their lives unto the death in the high places of the field, and you will not be crowned until you also have endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Therefore, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. It's a good word. It's a strong word, but it's a good word for us today. We have to, we have to be strong and, and just keep looking to him and being a witness. The world is changing. And the world wants the church to change along with it. But we need to be steadfast in the Lord. And even as trials and difficulties come, they have come for generations and generations. There was another one by C.S. Lewis. I, I, uh, I, didn't, I, I couldn't top it before. Anyway, so I'm going to get that because he was also talking in, in some similar ways of, of all the trials and the hardships that we go. Let's not focus on them, but serve the Lord bring joy and peace and remember that that you know our God is with us no matter what the things are happening around us he's looking for us as his believers as his body to be faithful to be consistent in these difficult times and to understand that the trials that we go through are no surprise to him and the believers who went before us have, have experienced those and other trials too and as, as we go this morning into worship um, that's what we, we, we really just want to uh, worship him and, and invite him in and cry out to him that we need him more and more. Amen.
let's sing, let's worship him and see what he wants to do.
sing that. We want it to be a prayer and a time of meditation, receiving his love and his forgiveness. And I'm going to pray for the elements, and we'll receive them together after the song as we worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to us. You sent him to live a life, a perfect life, that he could be a substitute for our sin. God, that he was willing to go to the cross for us and shed his blood. A perfect sacrifice for all of our sin. separating us today from you. Lord, I pray that you'd remove it and forgive us. Help us, cause us to repent and turn to you, Lord. this this 
go to his altar this morning and pray. Bring your heart and lay it all before him. Offer him yourself. Thank you so much. In that last supper with his disciples, the bread and he broke it giving thanks thank you God for the bread the bread of life and Jesus said this is my body take eat all of you take the bread together says that in the same fashion he took the cup and he says this is the blood, my blood and a new covenant that I give to you the blood shed for you without the shedding of blood the Bible says there is no remission of sins Jesus did that to make our sins right we thank you for forgiveness thank you for forgiving our sins. Let's thank him this morning. Greet somebody and tell them, tell them you love them in Jesus' name and that you love Jesus.
with just a, a, a few announcements as Jesse's outside this morning finishing up the yard sale. Um, she is going to need a break. She's been here every day working long, long days to raise money for the youth. And appreciate some of you have come out and, and supported. You've come out and helped. You've donated things. And that is all such a blessing because the, the yard sale that we're doing outside, um, we do it every year. It funds the youth ministry for a whole year. So we don't have to <clears throat> do any extra things um, as far as fundraisers. Or the youth doesn't. Um, in fact, they've, they become um, completely separate from the budget of the church that this yard sale is so successful. So we don't even have to um, raise any money from the, the church doesn't. So as you're buying things out there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to a great place. Um, it's also, I've heard a lot of people say it's also really helpful to the community because they have a place to come and bring their junk. I mean, their, um, their treasures. Because that's all we get out there is just treasures. Um, and so thank you, no, for, for bringing that. It's, it's amazing um, what's happening. After church today, we, we're having a, a hot dog barbecue. Um, and we're cleaning up the yard sale. So if anyone who can, everyone who can please stay, um, we just pack up boxes and we throw, we, we throw stuff away. So honestly, if you go out there, there's almost everything that's out there could be free to you if you just want to take it. There's a few things that we're going to for sure keep for next year, but most everything. And if you need it, we'll give it to you if, if you need it. But if you just want it, you can just take it home because some of that stuff will be thrown away um, because we get this much stuff every year. Every year. So at the end of today, we're going to pack up. We're going to pack up the stuff that looks good. We're going to throw away the stuff that starts uh, looks bad, and take home the stuff that we want, and eat hot dogs and chips together, as a thank you. So so please stay. Uh, let's drive church. And if you're watching online, come on down. Um, and I don't know if we're on. We're not streaming at all. Okay. Um, we might get a maybe. We may do a phone and just put it on the front row and stream for Facebook if we're we're not on Facebook if you know how to do that. Okay. Um, ooh, maybe I should do it on my phone. Yeah, yeah, we're going to... We've been, you know, every week it seems something. Yesterday our internet went out, and then we got a, a guy out here to fix it for us, and um, it's out again. So, we are not streaming apparently, and people are wondering where we're at, but here is the message. Now we're on the right spot. We're recording it. We are recording it. We'll put it up on the site later. You just got to find it and go live. No, you just, yeah, you think you, if, if, you, if I can get in there, you put it somewhere, I'll be fine. Just don't put the microphone in the chair. It won't hear me. A <laughs> um, couple of announcements if I can remember them. Um, there were a few. I'm looking out. Does anyone remember them? Yours. Thank you. Um, there is a women's retreat in October, single but not alone. It's for um, single women, whether single, divorced, widowed, um, not wannabe singles. Just kidding. <laughs> that's a different conference. That's, that's a different conference we'll have. It's called a marriage retreat. But this is for uh, single but not alone. And um, so it is the dates... Eight, nine, and ten. It's over uh, in the other side of the mountain, over in the rim area. Um, it's head up uh, by our own um, Bobby Martinez. It's going to be a great time of of uh, ministry. 
and reflection and teaching and prayer. Um, it's the food is going to be. It's not a fasting retreat, so you know it's good. Um, you can go and just be ministered to. It's a sliding scale. Um, the cost is one hundred and eighty dollars, and the sliding scale will go down to get you there. I mean, you really. And so there are um, a few spots left, and so I really encourage you if you can take those days, go. If you are single, and uh, it's just going to be a wonderful time of ministry. Bobby uh, facilitates a great time of ministry and prayer, so you don't want to miss that at all. Um, and otherwise, later probably during the message, I'll remember there was one I'm like, that was going to make an announcement, and I just cannot remember that one. Um, we're going to receive our, our tithes and offerings, and we say the word receive our tithes and offerings, not take, because we're not taking it from you. And we don't call it giving our, our tithes. And there's a reason we don't call it giving our tithe. Because the Bible says that the tithe belongs to God. You can't give somebody somebody else's thing you, so that we receive it. In other words, it already belongs to him. So we come and, and you bring your tithe. It says, you know, bring your tithes, let the storehouse be full. It's, it's uh, really just giving back to God what he's blessed you with. And he's already said, this part is mine. Really what it is is he's given you 100%. He says, that 10, that's mine. And you can have the other 90 and it's a great faith step. It's a great way of, of trusting God. And I tell you, our, our, our uh, money is connected to our hearts. Our money is connected to our faith. And so I think that's one of the reasons that he does that. It says, trust me in this. It's the only thing in the Bible that, that he says, trust me and try me. Not just trust me, but try me in this, um, in bringing the tithe, that I will not pour out a blessing upon you. Now, I'm not going to promise you a BMW, because that's unbiblical. But I, I will promise you that God will provide all your needs according to his riches in glory. And, and the Apostle Paul said it, and I've lived it, and I agree with him. I've learned to be in plenty, and I've learned to be content in little. He, he, he's seen me through, and it's been very tough and dry times at times, but I've never begged for bread. And he is faithful in that. So as we do that, you just give... Um, Give cheerfully. We're going to pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessing that you've given us. You've given us um, our life. God, you've given us our families. You've given us community. You've given us this, uh, this church family. God, you've also provided, um, you've provided work for us. God, you've given us uh, the means um, to earn money because you've created us in such beautiful and intricate ways with brains that are intelligent or hands that are skilled. God, so as we give into the, the offering and, and we bring the tithe to you, we should ask that you would bless it. God, I pray that you would put a blessing upon everybody here, Lord, that they would walk in uh, faith and trust and they'd walk in all of the blessings of Jesus that, that come with uh, faithfulness and obedience. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come forward. I know what the other one was, and I've been excited about it all week. Did anybody notice anything different besides the yard sale coming into the parking lot this morning? Did you guys all see the landscaping out front? And if you didn't, you're like, you just go out there and you'll see. Um, so we, we, um, we've been wanting to, you know, just keep working on our campus. God has blessed us with a great campus. We have five acres here. And um, we're trying to be good stewards with it. 
We're, we're fixing things up. You know, we've done new roof. We've done a lot of remodeling. We're starting to do work in the, in the yard. So that, that came up this week. Um, a generous donation covered uh, about half of the work out there, and, and the church is in a position right now that we could, we could afford to do the other half. So we did all that. Now, I want you to go out there. It's not just to look at. There's a walking path out there. And so you can walk from one side. By this one sign, you can meander through. We're also going to be putting two benches out there. So you can go and sit with the Lord and just rest. Now, my plan, primero Dios, if you guys remember that one, you know, God first. My, our plan is to make a walking path, maybe not quite this nice, because this is really nice, but put a walking path all the way around our five-acre property, meandering through the back, through the trees, and put some benches occasionally through there. And in time, we, we could make it nicer and nicer, but we're going to, we're going to, this next spring, by faith, we're just going to at least start the path, and we'll just start, and then if we start walking, it'll make it just a path. We're going to meander all the way through five acres. It's about one-fifth of a mile, and we'll put benches so that you can walk and pray. And here's, here's something. People have asked us in the past, hey, can we do anything in memoriam, in memory of somebody on the campus? We can do benches. So we're going to start with two out front, and we haven't picked them out or anything, but, but we're, if you want, if there's somebody you would like to have a bench on the campus um, in memory of somebody, especially, you know, we're going to, I'm going to put one in there for my mom. My mom was here for forever. She passed away, you know, a year and a half ago at the beginning of, of the, right, the, right before the pandemic hit um, in, Mar in March 6th. And I want to put a bench for her, maybe in the front or at least one of the ones in the back. Um, for people to sit and be with the Lord. So if, if that's something that stirs up in your heart, um, you can let us know, and we will put a bench out there in memory of. And I don't know how that's exactly going to work. This is just the first announcement. So um, we'll get some prices and things. But whatever you donate, when we find the cost of a bench, we, you know, we might put a couple names on it, you know, on each bench or whatever. Could we do that? So that was the other announcement. But I'm so thankful. Estrada Landscaping came out and, um, and gave us a really good deal. Um, and, they, and they started bringing free stuff. At least I think it's free. And in the process, I think they're bringing another boulder and some of the things like that. So uh, they really blessed us. Uh, Tom. This weekend, I, I was off. I didn't hear any of the, the recent stuff. Yeah, thank you. Let's take a moment to pray uh, for, for, you know, the, the victims that are, that are fighting for their lives, and I imagine there's some, and the families, and then all those who have suffered also just physical loss, houses. Um, that's devastating. Heavenly Father, let's just, just turn our hearts to him, pray, just, just begin to call out to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, that you are above all these things. But yes, tragedy is, is, is hit, God, and it, and it continues to hit in different parts of the world. God, we want to pray for those um, who, who were affected even before the, the New York and Idaho. But as it hit there, God, and all the flooding and the deaths, the drownings, God, um, the loss of, of life, the loss of families, loss of businesses, the loss of uh, homes, the loss of, um, of vehicles. In, in order to get to the work, that if somebody still has it, God, we just pray that you would 
um, comfort those that have lost family members, God. Lord, those uh, children maybe who've been orphaned, God, those parents, and there's not even a name for when a child dies, but God, those parents who've lost a child, Lord, we pray that you just minister to their hearts. God, comfort them. God, I pray that you would shine through the darkness and walk through the valley of the shadow of death with those that are walking through it, God. Lord, that you would, um, we thank you, God. We don't even have to ask you to be faithful because you are faithful. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness in this situation, God. We pray that it, it, as time goes, Lord, the people begin to see your hand and your miracles at work in their lives and in the lives of the loved ones, God. Father, we pray as individuals and even as a church that you would show us if there are things that we can and should do um, to, to, be, to partner with um, any of these things that are happening and in, in throughout in different places of the world, God. Um, help us to know. Give us faith. Give us wisdom. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tom. Amen. And um, hey, we are going to move on in the, in the time and the word this morning. And we are in the book of Mark, in case you forgot. All right, Mark. And it's welcome to any of you guys visiting. It's good to see some, some new faces and, and some uh, returning, returning guests, people. Just you're welcome. If, if you're uh, here either for the first time or have never filled out a connection card, you can do that. There's, they're in the front pocket. And you could fill out a connection card. Just helps us to get to know you. We'd like to connect you a little bit more. Um, and there's a visitor packet in the back. If you didn't get one, it talks about who we are, what we believe. We we believe the Bible, you know, cover to cover. Uh, we believe that it's it's uh, it's true. It's for us today. Um, and we uh, and so you can get to know us. Another little thing in the in the uh, visitor packet for for first time visitors or. or um, there's a free cup of coffee for the cafe in it. So, well, not in there, actually. It's not, but there's a coupon for a free cup of coffee. All right, but uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. 13 to 19. Father, as we go the word this morning, bless the time. God, I pray that it would, it would uh, speak to us. Um, that we'll, we'll learn some things today, Lord, but then you'd also apply and speak to each of us uh, a message, how this, this part of Mark can, can speak to us, like only you can, in Jesus' name. And he says, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Those are the apostles. We're not going to, this morning, there's a lot we could talk about. We're not going to go in and really talk about who, who each of the apostles were. We've talked a little bit about it through the time. We're gonna, we've learned about Peter. We've learned about uh, Matthew. Uh, we learned a little bit about James, the son of Alphaeus. But we're not going to go there, but we want to hit some other things. Um, an important part of the ministry of Jesus was his appointment and training of his apostles, of the twelve. And remember, the, the apostles were of the disciples, See, he's got a lot of disciples. He's going to continue to have a lot of disciples. 
But the apostles were 12 that he specifically called out. And these men become pillars. Um, they become influencers. Without the apostles, we, we don't really know anything about Jesus. Because it's through the apostles, through the apostles' work, that we get the, the New Testament. You know, we get the, the Gospels. We get the writings of Paul. And Paul, there, there was, uh, how many apostles were there? Twelve? Anyone got a different answer? Thirteen? Anyone got a different answer? It's Fourteen. Already some of you are like sacrilege. There, there was, there's these twelve, right? Judas who betrays him. What happens? They appoint another apostle. And then there's Paul. So Mattathias replaces him, him in the book of Acts, and then Paul becomes an apostle born out of season, he says, the apostle Paul. And so really, you know, it's kind of fun. I like to throw that one out. Oh, what? Fourteen. But we refer to the twelve apostles. Um, and so, but, but there was fourteen, Paul and Mattathias. Judas was an apostle. Sometimes we need to let that sink in. He, he was chosen by Jesus. And so we also know that Jesus, before he, in the book of Luke, I think it's chapter 6, it says that Jesus spent the night in prayer. In the same account of him calling the apostles, it says that Jesus spent the night in prayer, and then he called the apostles. He didn't just go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, I'll take you, 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 you're pretty tall, I'll take you. You know, this isn't kickball. If it would have been kickball, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have been one of the apostles, because I was always picked last. But... um. He prayed about it. He knew who he was going to get, uh, who he wanted. And that's what he says. It's who he wanted. And so these men um, have been following him and will continue to follow him, even though they have ups and downs. The life of the apostles is really important to us because we see their humanity. Um, you know, some of these guys are just real knuckleheads. <laughs> You know, they just, they're, they're, they're inconsistent. Peter is, is, you know, I mean, he's, he's impetuous. Um, you know, I'll never deny you. Then he denies them and he cuts off, you know, then you've got people cutting off ears. You, got, you just have all this stuff going on. And yet Jesus chose them. One of the things I see is sometimes I think we want to make the apostles like perfect. In the Catholic tradition, you know, I think they even put, so I don't know if they had to put the halos around the apostles or not. Um, they did with Jesus and, and Mary, but... They weren't perfect, except that they were made perfect by Jesus, sinless perfection. But these guys struggled. Um, even, even Paul and Barnabas, who was an apostle, they had such a contention over bringing John Mark with them, they, they had a church split, right? So the apostles were people, but they followed him. If they fell, they got up again. Um, these men themselves would experience great suffering and, and even martyrdom. So in, in the text, um, we read here, it says that he, that he appointed them, he called them first to be with him, to be with him. And later he sent them out to preach. He sent them out to heal. He sends them out to cast out demons and fulfill the great commission. So, what were some of the qualifications and what were, what were these guys? So one of the things is they are witnesses of and for the resurrection. This is really important. The apostles were, were witnesses of and for the resurrection. Jesus sh showed himself alive 
um, in the book. Of, and I'm going to throw out some scriptures. I'm not going to go there because we're a little, if I go, we won't make it. Um, in Acts chapter 1, but uh, in, in various places, you know, Jesus would appear to the disciples and they would begin to testify to his resurrection. Jesus in Acts 1.8 commissioned them to testify to others that he was risen. The resurrection of Jesus is one of the most important uh, things for us as believers. Peter it, uh, explains that the apostles were all witnesses of the resurrection. I'm going to say this a few times because it's really important and we're going to go into why. Um, so they testified over and over. If you're taking notes, if you're doing online, Acts chapter 2, 32, Acts chapter 3, 15, 4, 33, Acts 5, 30 through 32, Acts chapter 10, 39 through 41, Acts chapter 13, and even other various places, they kept testifying, Jesus has risen, Jesus has risen, he's risen, he's risen. And it's so important because it's, it's a solid base for our faith. The resurrection of Jesus is what sets Jesus apart from any other cult or any other teaching. Some people want to just put Jesus as, as a really good guy and a good teacher. Good teachers don't rise from the dead. And Jesus said he would rise from the dead. And if he didn't rise from the dead, then he's a liar. The fact that he rose from the dead, the resurrection, is so that the, the, the apostles and then the disciples, too, following suit, testify of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It's something that we need to remember, and it's something that we're also called to do. Our Jesus rose from the dead. It gives us hope of a resurrection for us. It gives us hope of eternal life. It helps us to know that, that we will one day raise also, and we will be in heaven forever with him. Um, so the, the apostles, they, they testified of the resurrection of the dead. They also um, offered a basis for our faith through their teachings. In John 17, I'm, I'm going to go to that one, verse 20. It's as Jesus is, is talking to the disciples. He says, I do not ask or pray for those only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's not just praying for the apostles. He's praying for those that would come after through the apostles teaching and preaching. He expected the apostles to continue on and teach and make disciples. And he expects those that follow to follow suit. Um, like I said in the, in the beginning, Apart from the Gospels, apart from the, the, we don't really know anything about Jesus. The apostles brought all of that information to us. They talk about his life, his miracles, his teachings. They, they help us to understand they, uh, who Jesus was. And we're, we, we, we need to, we're, we just need, there's this part of the, the apostles, they hold such weight. And um, we're not talking about worshiping of apostles. We're not. You know, we're not saying that we're going to give them... Well, they are saints. The apostles are saints, because all of us are. But the apostles were with Jesus, and so it's important that we understand that they were, yes, knuckleheads at times, but God chose them, and the things that they wrote down is where we get our the Bible from, inspired by God. They spoke of his life, his miracles, his resurrection, but the manner of their lives and their death give credibility to their testimony. 
the manner of their life and their death give credibility to their testimony. When, when I'm speaking with somebody who is challenging whether the, the Bible's real, whether Jesus rose from the dead, one of the greatest arguments is the apostles. Because the apostles walked with Jesus. They knew him, right? They spent three years. Then Jesus was crucified. Now, we know that Jesus lived. There's, there's extra biblical information. You could even read it in Josephus. And so the, the apostles, they testified that they knew Jesus before, that he was crucified, which that was, that was normal in Rome. They, they crucified people, but that he rose again. When they would preach the resurrection, their life became on the line. See, they wanted to kill Jesus, but when Jesus then rose from the dead and the people began to say, Jesus rose from the dead, it began to grow. And their influence began to grow. So they wanted to kill the apostles, and they did. History says that 11 of the 12 of the other apostles were martyred, boiled in oil, crucified upside down, beat with hammers, fed to lions. John is the only one who died a natural death, and he was exiled on an island. He was imprisoned, exiled on an island of Patmos. The 11 apostles, and here's all they had to do, deny Christ, deny that he rose from the dead. And they wouldn't. And the countless other people that were also martyred for their faith in Christ, they would get, at, at times in the, in the 70s and after that in AD, they would gather the Christians up and they would put them and they would, various ways, they, one of the things they would do is they would um, put them in animal skins. The, those who claimed to be Christians, they'd put animal blood on them and put them in animal skins and then they'd throw them out so they would get eaten by dogs lions before they did that they would give them a chance to recant their faith all they had to say is no jesus he didn't rise from the he didn't raise from the dead he's not he's not the lord history tells us that a small percentage of people actually would do that they said no it wasn't true but but higher than i think 90 percent of those went to death with the testimony that jesus rose from the dead why on earth would the apostles do that for a lie? They wouldn't. The fact that the apostles died is one of the greatest things that we can say. Is like, we know this is true because who else would die for a lie? So the way they lived, going against the government, going against these things. Um, 1 Corinthians 4 uh, 9 through 13 and 2 Corinthians 11 talked about how much they suffered, how much Paul suffered. Uh, for the gospel. Remember, Paul was a Jew. He was wealthy. He, w he was uh, prominent. He had, he, had, um, he had Roman citizenship, which gave him a lot of, of, of clout. Um, he had access to leaders. He was a student of Gamaliel. He had all this stuff, and he persecuted the Christians until he had an experience on the road to Damascus with Christ. And then he suffered the rest of his life for that decision. People don't suffer willingly for something they know is not true. So we're, we're, we, we witness to the resurrection of Christ. We're also, or they were ambassadors for Christ. So they're witnesses of the resurrection. They were also ambassadors for Christ. They were representatives with a message. The apostles, they went out and they had a message um, 
of hope, of life. They were sent to preach the gospel to everyone. And Mark, we're going to get there you know, in, in quite a few months. Mark chapter 16, Jesus commissions them. He sends them out into all the world, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. He's commissioning them to preach the good news, the good news that the kingdom of God is here, the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians, go there with me because this is an important scripture for us. So these are the apostles. Chapter 5 and verse 18. I'm going to start in 17 because it gives it a little bit of context as Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Christ, he reconciled us to himself and then gave us the same ministry of reconciliation. That word reconciliation, um, it, it, it means atonement, it means salvation, it means to come to the knowledge and to come to faith in Christ. It's, a, it's really a, a, a word that's packed full of meaning. And so we, we use the word reconciliation um, to, to, to try to give it understanding. And what reconciliation is, some, you know, we're, we're all older in this room. We actually reconcile our checkbooks. You know, people don't do that anymore. I'm looking at some of the young people. I want to point out, do you? A lot of young people, they don't, they don't reconcile checkbooks anymore. You know? Yeah, right? What's a checkbook? And when you reconcile the checkbook, because you're, you know, in the olden days, you would write a check. You'd write the check number down. You'd put the date. You'd put who you wrote it to. You'd put how much it was. You would subtract that amount from the balance that you had in your register, and you'd keep a running balance. And some of you are like, yeah, I know I was supposed to do that, but I never did that. That's okay. Then, once a month, you'd get the statement from the bank, and you would check off, okay, that I had that check, I had that check, and all the balances, and your balances would, they would agree with each other. And what reconciliation would mean is that you come to agreement. You agree with the bank. The bank agrees with you that you, you're both in agreement, this is how much money you have. When you didn't agree with that, you couldn't reconcile, you called the bank, and then poor Sue answered or something, and you, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, somebody worked at the bank, and, and you yelled at them or whatever, and you, because you had to agree, right? That's what reconciliation is. You still do. Uh, that is awesome. That is so good. A lot of people just spend money, and they just kind of look, and everyone's like, I, got, I still got some. <laughs> Quickly. I'm so sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we, 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 we need to be in agreement. Reconcil so reconciliation with God is that we agree with God. Now here's, here's the thing. When you reconcile your checkbook, you'd go to the bank and you'd question them and you'd try to prove your point or they'd prove theirs. When it comes to God, we do the same thing. But God is the one who's always right. So reconciliation cannot happen. 
God doesn't come and go, oh, I didn't see that point of view. I guess you're right. When we reconcile with God, we go, you're right, I'm wrong. We look at our life and we, and we, have, our, we have our checkbook of you, the way we think, the way we live, the sins we commit, the things that we do. And we, we go, hey, I think this, this all adds up to me. This is a good life. And then we compare it to the, the, the statement. And the statement has a different outcome. So then we need to go to the bank and say, well, I have this list and you have this list. I, I live my life according to this. And it's not agreeing. And God, I think you should see it my way because it's 2021 and some of your ways are a little antiquated. You know, we living together is good. You know, drugs are good. Whatever it is. Whatever it is that we just... And we do that all the time. And But it comes to God says, we're wrong. He's not. So you can't be reconciled to Christ without coming to him and saying, you're God. I believe you. And he gave that ministry to the apostles. And we're going to get to the end. Let's find out what happened from there. As ambassadors, they proclaimed the message of hope and of reconciliation everywhere they went. You can be reconciled to God. You can be reconciled to God. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. And they did it even when they were in prison. Isn't that awesome? You know, some, we don't want to be fair-weather Christians that when something bad happens, we lose our faith. You know, and it's really, it, it breaks my heart when somebody says, I, I tried church and it didn't work for me. Well, that's because church doesn't work. You know, God, God does. Because church is full of a whole bunch of knuckleheads. You know, you can look around and say, yeah, you're one too. Right? We're, 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 we're fallible. We fail. And, and it's sad that people will leave the church over people. Well, somebody hurt me. And they'll not just leave the church, they'll leave the faith because somebody else, you know, um, God doesn't fail. And life sometimes is difficult, but the, the apostles, they would proclaim the good news. They were ambassadors, which an ambassador is the representative of one kingdom living in a different kingdom. And they told the story of salvation. They would plead, even in 2 Corinthians 5, they would plead to others to be reconciled to God. Uh, as co-workers with Christ, um, they would say in, in 2 Corinthians 6, they said, don't receive the grace of God in vain. They, they were, the apostles were real. They weren't just, you know, I'm just going to live a cool life and hope that everyone just sees it. They were proclaiming how good God is and that people needed him. Pleading with them. And then those that were that had received it, they said, don't receive the grace in vain. They would actually, in Hebrews 12, they would warn of the danger of refusing Christ in his message. That's something you don't hear very often. Let's go there real quick. Hebrews 12. See, our, the, the church has is, is changed over the years, and the message shouldn't. The methodology can as long as the message stays the same, and it needs to include all of the components of salvation which, you know, some people don't want to believe in hell. There's a whole huge movement again happening, and it's happened over the years, of not wanting to believe in hell. And people are good with heaven, but they're not good with hell. And you know, I'm not good with hell either. Nobody should be good with hell. But if Jesus is your Savior from your sin, what, what's he saving you from? 
if there is no hell. It's like, well, I, okay, I'll, I'll just keep my sin. I'll, I'll keep it. That's fine. If there's no hell, what, why not? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But there's an eternity that's waiting for us. And in Hebrews 12, says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape, escape if we reject him who warns us from heaven. I mean, he's, they're talking about don't refuse. They're pleading there is a real, a real hell, a real heaven. They're warning what will happen to those who don't obey. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-9, again, warning people what will happen if you don't obey. And again, that's another word the church doesn't like anymore, obey. We don't like the word obey. People try to even say, just take the word obey out and just put love. Okay, I, I get it. But we obey because we love. You know, if I can just put in the word love instead of obey, I'm going to drive down the boulevard and go, I love you, stoplight. <laughs> you won't like that if you're coming the other direction. <laughs> we obey. But there's good news of salvation. We, remember, the good news is that the kingdom of God is here and that we get to enter into the kingdom of God and it's, it's because of the blood of Jesus. But the good news is about the kingdom of God. So they were ambassadors, and then they become teachers for the disciples. So, so the apostles, they were proclaiming the resurrection. Then they were ambassadors for Christ after, after Christ. And then they also fulfilled the role as teachers of the disciples. Um, they continued the work begun by Jesus. And, and that sounds almost sacrilegious. Like, well, how can you continue the work started by Jesus? Well, because he told us what he he came proclaiming the kingdom of God. And then he told them to preach the good news that the kingdom of God is here. Jesus didn't reveal all things while he was here either. John 16. Jesus says, this, is, this just blows my mind. I've, I've read this and I've, everyone's going to just think about this. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So Jesus taught and he spoke, but he didn't tell them everything. He said he was going to leave the Holy Spirit to do that. And he commissioned the apostles to keep teaching and delivering it. The Holy Spirit in John chapter 14 would then remind the apostles of everything that he taught. It was so that they could keep teaching and going on and instructing. And the and Matthew 28. This was his commission to the apostles and to the disciples and to everyone. Go therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we stop there, and we shouldn't. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
He calls his apostles with him. He, he's, he's got disciples following him. He, he, he prays and he knows that there's 12 that are going to be special. And so he imparts them and he walks with them. Of those 12, he had really three in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John. And then John had a special relationship with Jesus. He was the one who laid his head on Jesus' chest. And, and he was known. I mean, come on. I mean, that's pretty special. He was the known, known as the, the, the apostle or disciple whom Jesus loved. Is that awesome? I mean, what an amazing, amazing relationship. Yet he still had his, his 120 and the 500 and those that were coming to him. And he commissions them, teaching them, commanding them to teach everything he taught them, baptizing, and I'll be with you. The apostles in Acts chapter 20 says that they would declare the whole counsel of God. So the, these are, they're teaching the disciples. They're teaching, they're teaching. They're, they're ambassadors. They're talking about the resurrection. They're, 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 they're moving on even about life and godliness. And they then become the authority for the church. In, in, in the book of Acts, we see the, the foundation of the church beginning to happen, led by the apostles and led by the early disciples. Even James, the brother of John, who wasn't one of the apostles yet, becomes the pillar in the church and the head of the church at Jerusalem. Um, and they be, just kept teaching and they kept teaching and teaching. In 1 Thessalonians 2, it tells us that, that we were supposed to receive the words of the apostles as the very words of God. It's powerful, and, and this is kind of a, a basic message. We're going to—I want to—we're going to kind of sum it up here in just a second. Here, the, in in First Corinthians, it said to accept what they wrote, what the apostles wrote as the commandments of the Lord. That's that's heavy. I would never say that. I said, you know, I'm going to write something out, and that's like the commandment of the Lord. But but for the apostles, what they wrote for us is the commandments of the, Lord. the New Testament. Is for us. So they were they were ambassadors. They were also the foundation for the church. Along with Christ, the apostles become the foundation of the church. All of them. We, we, we include Paul in that. There's a movement in some circles. They want to remove Paul from the writings of Paul. And it's and and and, and, and I'm talking Christian churches. Okay, they're not Christian, but they're Christian. They believe in. Christian. They want to remove the writings of Paul. Really comes down to because Paul says things that Jesus didn't, and they don't like what Paul said, so that they remove that, they can just do what they want to do. Paul being apostle born out of time. Those things which they read are just the foundation. It's just like God God spoke of himself. The Bible says that that Christ is the chief cornerstone, Acts chapter four and first Corinthians three. Christ is the chief cornerstone. But Ephesians 2, and I want to go there too because these are, these are kind of big. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19, I think. Talks about, you are no longer stranger than these, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We become part of the house of God, part of the foundation. And the apostles, the apostles being a foundation of the church is so, 
so important. And, and, and Revelation, I think, is the big one that says this. In Revelation 29, it says that the apostles' names are written in the foundation. So the apostles together with Christ, Christ is the head of us all, but he called the apostles to do something, to be ambassadors, to make disciples, to talk about the resurrection, um, to, to proclaim, to do all these things. And those 12 were faithful. Those 12, Jesus Christ, the apostles, serve as, our, as the basis of our faith, through their, their testimony, they testified what they saw, what they know. You know, I, I love to hear um, people's testimonies sometimes when, when I, I, you know, I used to do a lot of street witnessing, and, and not everyone always was real good at street witnessing. They didn't know the Bible, maybe, and people come up, and they say, well, what about this? And, and some people just didn't have an answer for that. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Well, what about, and they'd ask them a Bible question. They said, I don't know about that, but let me tell you what I know. And then they go into something like the song that we sing. What I know is I once was blind, but now I see. What they say is, I don't know all the things in the Bible. I'm still learning that, but here's what I know. I was a drug addict. I was an adulterer. I was lonely. I was depressed. God came in and he, and he gave me a new hope. He gave me new life. He forgave me of my sins. And that testimony, that's what we testify of. That which we've seen, that's what we've heard, that we've touched. We've experienced Almighty God. Now, the apostles got to see him literally rise from the dead. But you've got to see him move in your life and do a miracle. You, you've got to see him heal somebody. You've got to see him come into a, into a moment when you were down or downcast and, and, and discouraged in the, in, the, in the love of God, the mercy of God. The, he came in and he, and he lifted you up out of the miry clay, as the scriptures say. The apostles serve as the base of our faith. They, they serve as the base of our doctrine through their teaching. The, the New Testament gives us our, our doctrine. The writings of Paul, so much of our belief in our theology, our doctrine comes from the Apostle Paul. And then, then we get our hope through their message. I'll just read this one to you. Verse uh, Ephesians chapter 3, When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. It is now... It, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is this, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You know, the message before was only for the Jew. They were the God's chosen people, and we were just out of luck. But Paul says, no, the mystery is that the message is for everyone, that we are all part of the body of Christ. You know, I, th I, think, I think the world owes a, a huge debt to the apostles of Christ. I'm, I'm elevating them today. You know, it's, it's right here in Mark, and I thought, let's spend some time because... These were the ones that Jesus chose for a reason. I think part of it was that they, they were human, but he knew that they would be the ones who would start the church. They would influence. Without them, we wouldn't know what we know. Without them, we'd have little reason to believe in Christ. 
You know, Christianity is amazing. People throughout time have tried to abolish Christianity and wipe it off the face of the earth. And they can't do it. It's just amazing. So what do we want to do? Well, we're going to continue in what they started. We're going to continue in their doctrine that they learned from Jesus and they wrote down for us. We're going to, we're going to learn it, we're going to read it, and we're going to walk it. We're going to live it. We're going to respect the authority of their doctrine, which is the, the Word of God. It's, the, the Bible should be the authority for our life in godliness. When we begin to drift away from the teaching of the apostles, we get into really dangerous territories of just making up whatever we want to make up. And, and I, we call that, you know, over the years, we call, refer to that as supermarket Christianity. You know, we, we, we walk down the, the aisles of a supermarket and you go, oh, I like this and I like this and I like that. And, you know, some people stay away from that one end where we have all that green stuff. You know, and they like to shop in the in the frozen processed things. And we go, well, I like that, but I don't like that. That's too much like a vegetable, whatever. It's, and and we supermarket, we, we just pick the things that we like. Well, we don't want to do that with the Bible. Supermarket Christianity is like, well, I like grace. I like mercy. Those are good, you know, but, you know, I, I don't like obey. Um I don't like, you know, and we just, I, I, don't, I don't like that. It doesn't make me, I don't like having to go and tell people. I, I don't want to tell people. I don't like to tell people. I just kind of, I'll just be a Christian and they'll notice. But the, it didn't just say to just live it. He says, tell. Let's talk about it. Go and proclaim. And I think we should do it first with our life because if our life doesn't line up, then, then our words are meaningless. So we respect the authority of their doctrine. Then we realize that the apostles, they were just basically told to everything that Jesus taught them, they teach us. Which means everything the apostles did was because Jesus told them to do it. Then they tell us to do the same thing. So we're really pretty much just supposed to be like the apostles. All of us. There's not super Christianity. There's, the, there's no difference between clergy and laity. We're all equal. We're all in this together. That whatever the Bible says, we put into practice. We live it. We read it. We proclaim it. Let it change our life. And, and, and you know what? It's a process. But let's get on a journey. Get on a journey of knowing him, being changed by him, and being faithful to him. In, in, in remembering what the apostles did and went through will be an encouragement to us. Let's, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the examples of faith throughout the scriptures. But today we, we tune in and thank you specifically for the apostles. God, even that you called one of them and he betrayed you, God helps us to know that we have to be careful that we have to watch ourselves and watch you. God, we know that, that Peter denied you, that Lord, that 
that we don't want to be like that, but we know that we might fall into that, but we could also be like Peter and come back and say, forgive me as you restore us. Thank you for their example. God, I pray that you would um, help us as we read the Bible to not just think of it as something out there, but apply it to our lives in, in all ways. Father, we thank you so much for giving us the word of God. By it we live. And we thank you that you blessed us with putting your thoughts and your words for us. Now, as we leave from here, we pray that Holy Spirit is in us, reminding us of all that you've already taught us, giving us courage and power to live, that we might go out, God, proclaim the gospel, go out and, and talk about the resurrection of Christ, go out and be an ambassador for you, go out and teach others. Lord, go out and he even, even, God, heal the sick and cast out demons if you call us to that. Help us to walk in everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, again, uh, the, I, I don't know what's going on out there. They were going to get maybe get the barbecue going and stuff, but, but there's stuff to be done. If you can help, that'd be amazing. Bless you guys. No one will condemn you if you can't. I know some people have to go to work. And so have a great day. Love one another as you go out.